Hello, and welcome back to Whale Song. I am AJ Schultz, I'm your host and your editor. Today is Thursday, October 19th, and in this episode, we're going to talk about some exciting cancer research being done right here at UAS, being led by one of our professors and two of his research assistants. In addition to this podcast, full print versions of our stories will be available as always on the Whale Song website, uaswhalesong.com, where you can find our past stories and more info on everything that we do. Uh, while you're at it, stay up to date on release dates and engagement opportunities with Whale Song by joining our group on UAS Connect. Head to connect.alaska.edu to get started. You can also follow us on Instagram at Facebook at UAS Whale Song. We have a lot of great stuff coming out of the pipe, so stay tuned over there, and let's get started. A team at UAS is conducting research into the medicinal properties of Devil's Club and how they could potentially assist in treating various types of cancers. Brian Barth, a professor of genetics at UAS, is working with undergraduate research assistants Grace Eigel and Ashley Murphy on the project. You know, indigenous peoples have been using Devil's Club and a lot of other plants for centuries upon centuries to treat a variety of ailments. The importance of natural products to just, just drug discovery in general is really profound. Barth says that Devil's Club extracts have the potential to regulate sphingolipid pathways, which are crucial biochemical routes in the body that regulate cell growth, cell strength, and cell death. When sphingolipid pathways are disrupted, rapid cancer growth can occur. Barth's research team is part of a larger network of cancer researchers across the globe, along with a group centered in Chicago and one in Vancouver. Collectively, we've added a lot of information uh, about the use of Devil's Club for leukemia in particular. Some of the other groups have studied anti-cancer properties from different Devil's Club extracts in, in different cancer model systems. Barth says that while Devil's Club is not a miracle treatment, it has properties that can be extracted and used in future drug technology. That's where we can work with colleagues, synthetic chemists, to modify those, those compounds, or we can formulate those compounds into novel drug delivery systems. The intersection between synthetic treatments and herbal medicine is a particular area of interest for Barth and the team. There's so many studies that show that a lot of these plants have genuine physiological effects. Test tube studies from the National Institute of Health suggest that Devil's Club has antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. Eigel says that the negative reputation surrounding herbal medicine may be due to the rapid effects of synthetic modern medicine. I think that herbal medicine is kind of seen as like the pseudoscience because Western medicine drugs work faster. And I think that's what everyone's on. It's just everyone wants everything to work boom, 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 very quick. And a lot of the time, herbal medicine doesn't work boom, boom, boom very quick. And so Devil's Club is just another one of those plants. When I first moved to Alaska, I knew that it was a medicinal plant. There's quite a bit of information out there. And a lot of it has helped me personally with like inflammation that I deal with, having a chronic illness. Do you think that having that, you know, your chronic condition and having this, you know, you, the inflammatory uh, condition that you have is is influencing that drive to, to research medicine and, and research that intersection of, you know, nature and health? Yes and no. Um, it does kind of give a little bit of drive, but it's kind of a greater good kind of thing. I want to see what it will do for the greater rather than just myself. But it is interesting to learn more about my own health because I'm simultaneously learning about cancer. It's given me like a whole new view and perspective and lens on what we're doing. You're listening to Whale Song, the student news podcast at the University of Alaska Southeast. Whale Song is still looking for a reporter to join our team. 
This is a great opportunity to gain some professional work experience with flexible hours while attending classes. You'll be tasked with pursuing stories, conducting and recording interviews, communicating with the team, and narrating audio. This is a part-time, eight hours a week student employment position. Apply online today at careers.alaska.edu. We'd love to have you with us. And while you're at it, if anybody is interested in submitting content to Whalesong, please feel free to email us at uas.whalesong at alaska.edu. We're always accepting student story submissions and we'd love to hear from you. And with that, let's get back into the story. When given the opportunity to participate in this research, Igel and Murphy jumped at the chance. He asked me if I'd be willing to write a short little section in the paper about the skunk cabbage that we have in Southeast Alaska, the Western skunk cabbage. And I said, yes. And I'm like, this is an amazing opportunity. I don't know. For those that don't know, being a part of a, a published paper as an undergrad is really good for graduate school applications. The UAS provides us with such a unique opportunity for this type of research. And I definitely think that if we were attending a larger university, that the opportunity wouldn't be as prevalent. And it also would definitely be a lot harder to really get into. And I think that having these opportunities so easily accessible just builds on student success because students are able to be in an environment where they feel comfortable, where they feel like they can talk to their professors, where they feel like if they're overwhelmed or if something's going on in their personal life, it's not the end of the world because even though you're still doing research, you're seen less as a student and more as a human. Barth says that his work at UAS allows him to work more closely with students and encourages new students to take part in things they may not feel equipped or qualified for. It's important. It can also, you know, make an excellent addition to any particular resume. And getting those opportunities is quite important, but it's also something that can be very difficult to do, especially if you're at a really big school. Those opportunities are few and far in between sometimes. Igel and Murphy say the skill of academic confidence is crucial, but one that takes time to develop. When I was a freshman, I was terrified. I was like, whoa, I, there's all these people. They know all of this information. Everyone's so smart. I'm, I'm like, I've done it. I've made it to a college. What do I do now? Right. And you don't know what you're doing. You just kind of are thrown into this place and you're like, I don't know what's happening. I just got out of high school. And it's overwhelming and it's scary because you assume that you shouldn't take up space. And I think that the biggest thing that I can say to incoming students who want lab opportunities is you need to take up space. You gotta jump on those opportunities. You hear cancer research, you say, you know what, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I'm doing it now. Because I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I have such, I walked up to Brian, I said, Brian, I have very limited experience. Here's my interests, here's my knowledge, and here's what I can bring to the table. Yay or nay? Brian said yay, and I said sweet. So I think just, I think everyone needs a little bit of self-confidence. And I think that once you get it and you can jump on those opportunities, it just opens so many doors. And it's hard. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, it took me like a while to feel established in the community to feel confident enough to jump on those opportunities. But if I could give two years ago me advice, it would be just do it. I think it's something you have to work on. You have to realize that like the people around you also don't know, especially if you're freshmen. Like they also don't know what they're doing. Maybe there's some people that are super confident and they have this like plan, but things change all the time. And you just have to take the opportunities that come your way. And you just have to be willing to learn and trust the process. But you don't have to know everything going into 
different opportunities like this. And that's totally fine. Barth emphasizes that student-level research assistant opportunities like this one can help contribute to world-changing developments in medicine. We're making good advances with highly novel therapies, but that we're always and constantly improving this. And we're improving it in large part because of the research efforts that people like Grace and Ashley will be a part of. What the broader public needs to know, again, is we have some really exciting therapies that are constantly coming out of the research community. Some that are behaving in very innovative ways, but we're always improving those in large part because of efforts that even involve undergraduates. And so undergraduates anywhere could just, they say yes to something and they could be involved in something that changes the world forever. Absolutely. That's all for today's episode of Whale Song. I'd like to give a huge thanks to Brian Barth, Grace Eigel, and Ashley Murphy for joining me today. If you want more, you can listen to the full interview right here on Spotify or wherever you stream your podcasts. Whale Song is made possible through the UAS Office of Student Engagement and Leadership. I've been AJ, and I'll see you later this month.